What on earth is that? It's a Journey in the Comics Network production! Tell me something, my friend. You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? What? I always ask that of all my prey. I just like the sound of it. <laughs> Brought to you by the power of the Journey into Comics Network. This is the Journey into Comics Podcast. The show that's 100% dedicated to everything nerd. With your hosts, the Podfather, Nate Phillips, the Podmaster, Brandon Stone, and the Journey into Comics Network stepdad, Tyler McLaughlin. Time to make the Jimmy Chunks. Hey! Excellent! Finally. What did you do? And here we go. Can somebody tell me what kind of a world we live in where a man dressed up as a bat gets all of my press? This town needs an enema. What's up, true believers? Welcome back to another episode of Journey into Comics. Holy fucking shit. It's been a while, Pranto. We are here. It is Sunday morning for us. It is Monday for those of you listening on the podcast, those of you watching on Facebook.com. Welcome. We are so excited to have you here today. As I said, I am your host, Nate. Today, joining me, as always, Master of Ceremonies himself, the Podmaster. Brando, welcome back, my dude. Welcome back. Indeed, it's been a couple weeks, and we did detail that this could be a potential, uh, <laughs> I don't know, an ongoing. We hope not, but scheduling has been a little difficult uh, between uh, you know your new work scheduling and everything that's going on with you. It's not like it used to be. You know, the, the prior 330 episodes of this show was very malleable ma- malleable around your schedule because you didn't have as much of a schedule. Now you do, and now it's like in a really weird way where you were kind of always the guy on the outside waiting for us to be available. Even with us working, we're waiting for you to be available. <laughs> yeah, I've worked myself not into an early grave, luckily. I think I've worked myself into like an early retirement if I keep it up this way because like I'm going to have a nice kind of like trajectory if things keep moving as fast as they have. But like it's been good. I have been very busy. We have been making a lot of money at my job. I have been making a lot of people happy in the world. I've also been banning people and have a bunch of fun stories to tell. Um We've had just people are awful, bro. People are the worst. And I don't want to downer that here, but like I'm real. I just when I sat down earlier, I told B, I was like, fuck, I missed podcasting. Like it's only been two weeks. But in that two week time, like every day I've thought about it, like I have a podcast I got to do with Buckles possibly tonight. When will we find time? Find out next time on Journey into Wrestling, whatever the hell that is, because that's how it's been, man. It's just been difficult. And then sometimes it's not even just been my schedule, but when my schedule does have the openness, other people's do not. Or we have plans for it to work out, and then other shit gets in the way. Life is very, very fluxy right now. 
Um, Absolutely. Sure. And see, like this year, I plan on putting in for a position which will make my scheduling all over the place. Uh, it, it could end up being where at first it's, hey, man, it's, you know, business as usual. But then there will come a time where, like, I don't know what shift I'm going to be on what day. It's not even like, hey, you need to – sometimes I'll have to go to nights for a couple weeks. Other times I'll have to go to nights on Monday and come back to days on Wednesday, go back to nights by Friday. It could Shit, it could be that way. Bro. It definitely Oof. could. And But the thing is is that there is definitely opportunity here uh, to work more, and I need more. <laughs> I need more monies. Uh, this has not been a very good uh, – I mean, year for anybody, let's be real, with everything kind of going on in the world. And while it kind of seems like the light is at the end of the tunnel for the uh, illness part of this, par- uh, you know, partition here that we're in, uh, at least it seems that way. Uh, things seem to be hopefully wrapping up this year on that. Hopefully we can start closing the door on how many people are getting sick. Uh, Brando, I got a motherfucking haircut, and this has something to do with what you're saying. I promise. <laughs> okay. I promise the haircut was not just me randomly trying to cut you off. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm over here like, I'm like, I'm hoping people die less. You're like, I got a haircut. <laughs> yes. But I got a haircut, and it was the first time since the pandemic that the person who has cut my hair exclusively through the pandemic had their mask off, and I had my mask off. And it was like a very, like, bizarre getting to know you kind of like i'm sitting there staring at the person cutting my hair like i have known this person for four different times they've cut my hair now and i had no idea what they looked like under there and now i do and it's like a weird new paradigm of how that's a societal thing Mm -hmm. at my job i know what pretty much everyone looks like a little bit under their mask because we all have to eat around each other and shit because like the job is is very you're like we're in the trenches and whatnot but we've not like consistently seen each other demasked and that's going to be a very powerful moment whenever it does come uh and i'm not rushing for that moment to come i want it to come when the time safely permits but exactly uh, and yeah, as of right now very powerful. as of right now it seems like the regulation norm for that could be paring down i just saw uh, of course the cdc has, has said hey if if you're vaccinated you're safe in most situations uh, other than like mass transit or, uh, you know, uh, certain things, you know, do that kind of deal there. What really made me feel better about it is hearing not just, hey, we made an announcement. It's they're finding that the vaccine is uh, really effective against infection. And if you are infected with covid, that it's usually asymptomatic or very light symptoms. Yeah. And the transmission rate is cut down. Uh, so that is why they have said, all right, now that now that we have X amount of people vaccinated, if people start getting sick, we're not going to have a flood to the hospitals again, and we're not going to have a, have it be transmissible. There is a guy that I worked with, and I'm not a guy who likes to just get into arguments at work. Uh, that, that's sure. not me. Everybody has their own views, whether or not they are correct or incorrect, whatever. I don't care. Uh, you know, do you believe what you want to believe, you know? And uh, he said, you know, he believes that the virus is real. Well, thankfully, it, it, it is. <laughs> so so we got past it. So, so we got over that hump. <laughs> but, like, he, he finds a lot of questions. And he said this question of, you know, this came in and then the flu disappeared. And it's easy to me 
to see that we all started wearing masks and washing our hands and having to do protocol based upon work environment and uh, you know, social environment. So basically, if you know influenza is transmissible, let's just say, it, give it a number, say it's a two. COVID-19 transmissibility is like a four to six. It is two to three times more transmissible than the regular influenza. So to cut down on the transmission rate of COVID-19, we started wearing masks and social distancing and washing our hands as per what our work tells us to do. Not just what life is and going to the grocery store. That too, you're supposed to wear it. If you're doing it, you're then you're being a part of it. You're cutting down. I haven't been sick since 2019. I haven't had a bad cold, and I haven't had influenza. I I, I haven't had any uh, upper respiratory infections, and that's because I am not as exposed to the transmission of regular disease because they are not as transmissible as what we are trying to prevent. Basically, we went overboard, literally, to help protect against death because this thing was causing death. The other things, not not as much. We don't go that far. We're just like, hey, you, you know, be out there, do you get sick? But since we are doing over here, we aren't experiencing the lesser amount either. To me, that is just plain common sense. But I'm not about to get into arguments with people who don't understand that. So I believe and, and I truly th- trust that we are nearing the end and that even if people decide not to get vaccinated, that there's enough of us who are going to be okay. That if it starts getting whipped around again, they're in danger, not me, not my family. And, um, you know, fuck you. Right. Well, and it's like, so now, so now that, so now that the, now that the CDC has said, Hey, uh, you know, about those masks, if, if you're vaccinated, you should be cool in almost every situation. You know, if you're going to the grocery store or walking around, or if you're around people, don't really worry about it as, as much. You know, we're, this is a sign of going back to normal. And then you start seeing Walmart saying they're going to review their policy. Uh, uh, a bunch of other grocery stores and, you know, public places. Walt Disney World has said, hey, if you're walking out, if you're walking around, you don't have to wear a mask. If you're going to wait in line or ride a ride, you do. You know, it's like, so like there's give and take there. Uh, as we were walking out on Friday, my work said, due to the fact that they have said X, we are going to review our policy on X, X being mask wearing. As of right now, no change. We're going to have to do that. But because they have said that, and we have had a real, uh, a pretty successful vaccine campaign at work, I don't think every, you know, nowhere near everybody has done it. I, I know several people who don't want to do it because they don't trust it. And, um, you know, they're not okay. So there, there's one thing about not trusting a vaccine that is brand new. I get that. There's fear. There's another thing in trusting a bunch of like unproven conspiracy theories about it causing birth defects or uh, infertility. And like literally, well, look, it, there's a magnet in my arm, bro. Or there's my there's a chip in my arm. Oh, it's right there. Oh, hey, look, there's a chip in my pocket. It's called a phone. This thing tracks. I said that the other day at work and broke everyone. It was hilarious. They were like, "Yeah, man, don't you know the vaccine's gonna give get you chip?" They were joking, obviously right. saying it in jest. And I was like, "Yeah, like I'm worried about them chipping me when they know my every fucking move. They know where I'm at. Everything I'm doing on these cameras and on this camera, probably even when I'm not trying to let them see me. Dude, Fuckers. they they know where I go." 
They know what I search. I'm literally getting ads for certain things that I've just searched yesterday. They know what I'm talking about because I'll get ads for stuff I just talked about. And they know what kind of porn I watch. So, therefore, am I really... got an insight to you, Brando. <laughs> you're, you're not a man of mystery like you imagine. No. <laughs> no. It, dude, even if I go on incognitus mode... On my <laughs> on my Chrome, it's not gonna work. <laughs> they can see. Maybe incognito from the misses, not incognito from the government. They oh, dude, and even then, dude, if you can't share what you're into with your misses or Mister or anybody else, then where's the fun? You know, it's totally. like be true to yourself, be true to your partner, and don't be hiding nothing. Don't be hiding no kinks or turn-ons or anything like that. Like maybe is or aren't maybe absolute the norm and people will judge you screw that be okay with it if there's one person that you should be able to be okay with it with and be it's your partner it's your partner dog no dude hey i i I gotta tell you something funny so thinking about people watching you know people (laughs) watching us at all times (laughs) i start doing funny shit now at work because i am on surveillance like every minute i'm in there you know so so (laughs) when i go for an order I will walk towards the letter, and as I get there, I will start to almost go into stop, and I'll pause, and I'll freeze, and look at the thing until I see the person's name, and then I'll like really quickly go and grab the basket and try to rush back to the stage. So it like looks I, like the like there's a slowdown on the camera, and, the, and like just like when you watch Zoom or something. But everyone oh. else is moving normal, so they're like, "What the fuck is this?" So there's somebody at the Illinois State that's like just watching me. That he, they're just a fan of me and my fucking weird nature and shit that I do. Dude, that happened. Uh, okay, so uh, here lately, as far as like video games and such, I'm in one of those weird modes where I'm not really in the mood for anything. And, and sure. like, uh, I just got uh, the Mass Effect Legendary Edition in. Yeah, yeah. I just I'm got playing. new Pokemon Snap. I will say, before I get into my actual story about, about about freezing, Mass Effect Legendary Edition, I'm playing through the first one. It's really improved. I'm actually surprised. Cool. It's not a remake. It looks pretty, and the gameplay is more smooth, and it feels it feels. It feels more like a little, like a little brother to the other two in comparison, rather than just a distant cousin. So it's like an upscale remaster. <laughs> it's an upscale remaster. It's, it's in 4K. If you ha- if you're playing on a uh, PS5, you're getting at least 60 frames in, in like, like in 4K. If you're playing on the Series X, you're getting up to 120, which is absolutely ridiculous. But um, dude, my TV can't even do 120. Like it says variable refresh rate, but I don't even know how to do it. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm locked at 60, which is fine. It looks fantastic. They added a boost button to that damn car, so you can make that go faster. The, it's got a little bit more physics, so it feels less bouncy. Uh, nice. Uh, they revamped the gun work to where it's it's more accurate to the pinpoint. You don't have to specialize in the guns to get a real good accurate pinpoint on the gun so you can have any class that you can use any weapon and have it work and just get perks if you use the weapons that your uh, class is doing so like overall it feels better it's not a remake it's not gears of war like two and three would kind of feel more akin to gears of war because after that came out they're like oh shit that's how you make a shooter thing because right now with mass effect one they're like let's make an rpg shooter and then after Gears of War, they came out, and they're like, hey, let's make a shooter RPG. They kind of flipped it, and they got that part figured out. No, so that's kind of what I've been doing over the last couple of days. But it, but in the meantime, I've been following baseball. 
getting really big into baseball. I'm watching almost every single game that I can. And not every team, but like my team, you know. And just learning. learn Because when I was a kid, I didn't learn everything. Man, there's a lot to learn. All those abbreviations and crap. So then, like, just uh, on the off time, I've been, last year I bought the show for the first time, and I've been playing through it, trying to, trying to, you know, trying to make something of it. And there's some glitches on the PS5, because uh, I'm playing last year's copy. So it's the PS4, it's running backwards compatibility on the PS5. And I've had a couple glitches. Sometimes the just, basically the game screen will freeze, but the action is still going on. So it's like Weird. I'm waiting for the pitch, and I have nothing happens, and then the, the, the camera changes. It's like, oh, that was strike one. I'm like, huh? <laughs> I didn't even get the ball. Yeah, well, I was waiting for him to throw it. <laughs> but then this one happened to me. So so like if that kind of stuff happens to you, and I notice it, uh, and, I, and I notice all of a sudden nothing is moving, I hit, I pause it, unpause it, and everything's kind of coming back to normal. But there was one point where I was getting ready to, like, because when you play Road to the Show. You only play stuff that your character does. I love that. It makes the games go by so quicker. And uh, so every like whenever you go up to so bat. So it's your at-bats and then just playing defense. Well, playing defense, but it's like um, on defense, you only play defense if the ball is going to come to you. So you know if you're playing defense, it's coming to you. The game is like, all right, buddy, this time it's coming to you. Be ready for it. And that way, yeah, sometimes it's not even like it, like it flies over your head and then the, the outfielder catches it. It's just like, all right, for this hit, it's going to go in that direction. And, uh, you know, it's going to be in your box of window because my guy plays like third base. So it's like anything over there, you know, and like left field, kind of, it, it's when it kind of lets me play. Well, I was going to, like, all right, here we go. And then it opened up into a, like, something I'd never seen before. Now, granted, this is like my third season of playing the game and it, it was like I was going to try and throw the ball to home but the dude had just hit it I haven't even caught it yet <laughs> so I'm like what the hell and you're trying to throw an empty hand because okay when you play this show for 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 uh, for batting pitching and fielding there's like three different control schemes sounds confusing and it is to start to learning how to play the game is a bit confusing. You have to find out how you want to play, and then you got to learn that way. But my way of playing fielding is when I go to grab the ball, if it's on the ground, you preload the throw to the base you want to hit, and then the uh, the base is is oh wow, I just turned my PlayStation on. Is it signified? It's like X is home, circle is first, triangle second, box third. So I'm gonna preload to go to second. Because I got I got one on first. All right. Who's so, on first? Uh, well, well, no, not in this case. So, like, I'm like, I don't have it. And, and then you, uh, when you go to throw it, like, it'll freeze, and you have to move the reticle to him and press the R1 button to throw it. So it's almost like you're aiming a gun, or it's like aiming your shot. Well, now it's doing that at the home plate before I even have the ball and it's like doing the countdown and throw the ball. I'm like, I, I, I can't, how do I do this? So I hit the button and my dude literally is like this and like, in like the infield and the ball just goes right by, right, right by everybody else is playing, but my dude, he's just, and then it goes to the next screen where it's like, wow, that was a, 
He could have got that one. I don't know what he was thinking there. And then my dude's like. <laughs> Dead face. He's, he's just like. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so when you said you froze up the camera screen, I thought of my dude out, out in the infield facing the opposite direction of where that ball's going. <laughs> and then he's like. Ah! <laughs> uh, glitches in the matrix. Um. Have you, before we get to the crux of this uh, of, of this episode, have you ever thought about, like, did the world really end in 2012 and we're just, li- like, our souls and our minds shifted to an alternate universe where, because, like, nothing's been right ever since? I mean, yes and no. I kind of do feel that there's some sort of weird paradigmal shift through the way the universe has become and, like, not 2012. I don't think 2012 is where the fucking crux happened. I think it was 2016. Literally... If you look at it, patterns, like statistically speaking, look at the pattern, 2016, so many terrible, awful, weird, crazy, like think about how many legends of music alone. I can name off the top of my head three amazing musical Mm -hmm. legends that died in 2016 in the first half of the year, bro. Right. And that wasn't even all the crazy shit that happened. We also had the Cubs won the World Series that year, right? So it's like this, another thing that never should have <laughs> happened. It should not have happened. 108 years, there's this legacy of them not getting the title, and they finally do and shit. Uh, so all these little things are very bizarre. So to piggyback that, um, I'm, I, I, I watched a, a documentary last night called Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind. And it's on Amazon. I encourage everyone to watch it. Uh, I don't know if I encourage anyone to spend money on the app because I don't. I haven't spent the money on the app yet. But let me, in short, tell you, this dude, Stephen Greer, he's like a, a physio, a phys, he's a scientist of sorts. I don't know what the fuck he is, astrophysicist. That's the word I was looking for. But like, he has studied alien events in the government and shit. And like, as you know, we've been starting to like see things even as early as much as today. There's recent things coming out about people talking about aliens, 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 aliens. Right. Well, this dude is like, we got to stop focusing on the fucking government's agenda of aliens because they're going to make aliens our enemy and use it as a way to spin the world into a one like essentially politically we would all be one world like global economy you know one political sphere not all the countries we would have one leader weird shit but dude is talking about how there are steps you can actually take to like invite ufos and they have fucking tons of video evidence of this shit happening like often it's crazy um but then at the end of the thing it gets kind of weird because like i watch this whole thing and i'm like fuck i want to learn about how to do this like I'm interested, and they're like, infomercial time. It pivots, and then it tells you about their app that you can download. And I'm like, okay, I'll go see about this app. It's $10. What the fuck? I mean, if it does get me to see aliens, that's cool as shit, but it's $10. What the fuck? So It's like Tinder, but for aliens. It's like, (laughs) which aliens do you want to meet up with? Swipe right. (laughs) (laughs) Episode title, Tinder for aliens. That's great. Um because that actually kind of ties into the other thing we're going to be talking about. But it's really interesting. It's just about meditation and talking about, like, consciousness. And they talk about, like, the science of consciousness and how they've studied that and whatnot. It's really cool. Go watch Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind. I digress. Moving on. It's very interesting because, like, 
a lot of scientists believe that, like, they, there's different classes of civilizations, and we're I can't remember what class we are, but the but the, one of the highest tiers class of civilization is a one world unified civilization, and that is the kind of civilization that could expand out because then we're not wrapped up into our own politics over who owns what, who has this, who does that. And I have been playing Mass Effect, and that's a very lore-heavy um, deal. Uh, when you look back into the history of humanity and being introduced, because quite literally within the Mass Effect lore, they are like 40 years into galactic civilization. You know, still relatively new in terms of like some of these aliens live a thousand years. So it's like that, like that's nothing, right? But for 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 humanity, when we when we found the the ruins on Mars and we and we got the, you know, we got the Prothean technology and we and we discovered FTL and then we set up uh, more bases uh, within our own system and then we found the Soul Relay. Then the, and then the relay allowed us to connect to the overall travel network. There is a it, it's complicated. There there's not a one world government, but there is. In terms of intergalactic situations, it is a United Nations type deal. Put it that way. It, one government does not have say in that. It's actually its own independent intergalactic like this is and and they're called the human systems alliance and they have their own military they have their own hierarchy and and their own like power like you know power structure and everything on earth you still have traditional countries with leaders and everything that deal with domestic issues international issues on earth and then of course they probably send people to the alliance to represent hey you know we're from France or whatever, you know, uh, we want to have a little stake in this and to say how the Alliance is run. But it's very interesting because um, when you look at Star Trek, the Federation of Intergalactic Planets, it's very similar in that aspect where that's multiple planets and Earth is one government, part of that. And so to hear that, like, he is warning that our our government is going to push towards a one world government. That is traditionally biblically a bad thing. They, 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 they don't want that, but it's funny because then on the, the absolute opposite dichotomy of that, like it, like, is it war or is it peace? Because you can, you you could argue that and say is that as long as there's international, like as long as there's other countries and other leaders, there'll never be peace. Because there's always going to be interests, but then it's like as long as you have a one unified plate, like how can we be? We're not there in our society today. We're not there. We we can't get along. We can't. One of the there's a line for Mass Effect Two that one of the aliens says this to your character. You know, uh, basically he this the this aliens talking crap about humans, right? It's like, and then just, it, it, you know, it, like, like it's something like it's not wise to underestimate humans in our in our capability. Like we're we're the fastest growing species ever in the history of this galactic, you know, uh, civilization. And it's like, you guys think you you guys think so much of yourselves, and yet you guys can't even just, like agree on which religion 
it like like is true. <laughs> and I'm like, that's a, a, those games are very insightful. They touch. I mean, for games that came out over ten years ago, thirteen years ago, fourteen years ago, they're they're touching on racism. They're touching on like, you know, uh, you know, uh, sex and even like. Not quite gender yet, because that wasn't quite as relevant in the zeitgeist. I mean, it's always been around, but it, it was never central. But I really appreciate how they've always gone about it. They they talk about it in a sense, and basically say, "Hey, here's this. this you know, this exists, and, and let's give it to you in a way that you know it, it, it's not going to be as like it, it, it's hard to do that with just people." And give it to you on an X amount of way without being overly political about it, but giving you, but giving you situations where it explains to you, you know, interspecies racism exists in Mass Effect, and it is a mirror for what happens here on our own planet with our own people. No, oh, absolutely. Um, it's interesting how there's a lot of things that are not necessarily from this time that are kind of bubbling back to the surface that are having relevance but it's also good to note that there are a lot of uh relevant things in our current society in what we're watching and i think that you know to go back to the alien thing if aliens were a threat to us brando do you think that we would would be able to stop them like genuinely Do you think if we marched our military in with tanks and fully automatic weaponry and planes, jets, missiles, grenades, do you think a caveman with a stick and rock No, you can no, it's not even the same. And it's like uh when I'm watching the close encounter documentary, the dude talking is like, you know, aliens have been here before and we obviously already have a military that is set to detect them. It's no secret, you know, there are all these like there's a whole other documentary I want to watch called Unacknowledged about unacknowledged uh blacklist fucking government agencies that are dealt ex- exclusively with dealing with extraterrestrials. And there's video footage of us shooting at fucking aliens, bro. Legit, right? With these, like, fucking space laser type shits. And they can avoid them very easily. They also can stop our missiles and just make them duds. So our nuclear technology that we have that's supposedly so great is 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 nothing compared to what apparently, according to this documentary, I do encourage you guys to watch it and form your own opinions. Don't you know take it from me and think that I'm the end all be all or whatever. But it's very insightful. And um, when you think about some of the things and the, the statements that are raised in that, you're just like, man, we are but a fucking tiny ant. We are what Loki said, bro. You know, does an ant have a qualm with a boot? You know, it doesn't even know the boot doesn't, you know, the ant knows about the boot, but the boot doesn't really care because it's just nothing. Yeah, exactly. It's terrifying to think about. And then it's also terrifying to think that in the world there may be Viltrumites. Could be. Think, Brando. Think. You're not thinking, Brando. There could be Viltrumites in our world right now. 
laying the groundwork for us to join the empire to weed out the weak. That's what this uh that's what this whole pandemic has been about. To Ooh, low key we're weeding out the weak. This is survival of the fittest. Yeah, and it's going to be uh it, well we're going to have it's going to be population control. Uh because they can't do it with just the with just the virus. They have to inject us with the vaccine first to to get the <laughs> to get the population control. It's all BS, I know, but um dad, I'm talking in jest. No, please don't please no, uh, no, no, guys. We're talking about Invincible. The last few episodes of Invincible, we're probably just going to talk about the whole season and like in our thoughts. I implore everybody, if you haven't seen the show, go watch it. We're. I think it's gone viral though, bro. I see so many memes now about it. I I tell everybody, uh, I've got um, it, it, like it's cool. I said it enough to Will that he started watching it at lunch while we're at work. And then he was like, "Fuck, I gotta go back to work now. This is stupid." Well, and it's like, well, he, well, he puts it on, and we watch like 15 minutes of it. And so, like at work, the last few days, we, I've been watching like the first half of like, uh, or, or like or so of like the first episode, and to get to see certain scenes again, uh, when knowing what you know from the end, it, it's, uh, it's really fun. Absolutely. But no, guys, this series is so well done. It's so well animated and it's so well produced. And also, it also has a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, dude, and it's so well written and it it's what I love about it is is that they went the animated route but still kept it uh written like a traditional show, like as far as like your standard 40 minute, 45 minute runtime and it's a serialized work. It's not like it's a cartoon like like you're going to watch Spider-Man like in the 90s, which trust me, if you watched X-Men, Spider-Man, Batman, any of those from the 90s, you're going to like this because it's going to be right up your alley with stuff that you've liked and known from that era. But it's not going to be villain of the week or uh, this two-parter thing that's going on. No, it is eight episodes of one singular strand of like storyline. And what's awesome about it and this is something that that was uh, at, at first head scratching, but then uh, but it paid off later. Like the Mandalorian was really good, but in the first season there was a bunch of episodes where I'm just like, why are we doing this? They would bring it back around for season two and made it worthwhile. You know, for a lot of those episodes that we deviated from the main course, now they bring some of those characters back, and you get to have more fun with them. You get to they get to kind of interweave into the main story a little bit more. Okay, so it was it made it worth it. Uh, from the get-go, even those side stories in Invincible, I feel like are already baked in and you already understand what's going on because they're they're able and capable of weaving in the overall narrative through those stories. So, and it's not like an Arrow episode where you're like episode 18 of the season, it's like, here, this this awesome episode that has nothing to do with the rest of the season. Oh, okay, cool. That was fun, I guess. I mean... Cause some cool character moments, but yeah. And then it's like, Oh, Hey, the last two minutes. Now we're going to hit back with a storyline that we've been working on for the whole season. And you're going to be like, Oh, I got to watch next week. No, none of that here because they're so carefully weave it in through the whole episode where if, if, if Mark is doing something that is different from what's going on in the main storyline, it is, it is definitely something that is world building. And meanwhile, the story continues with other characters and to to not let those threads kind of like uh, uh, just sit there idle, and I and I really enjoyed that about this series. And overall, I just feel like it was well paced out, well storyboarded, well produced. And if I could say anything, 
was it, it balanced the 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 violence and the darkness with that chipper Spider-Man dealing with everyday issues. Um, it was so interesting, but I can't praise that show enough. It honestly blew my socks off. I've talked to a lot of people at work about it just like you did and encouraged people. I had about like four people actually say like, I fucking finished it over the course of two days. It was so good. And then, like, it was really funny because my one homie who I've been watching it with, well, not with, but, like, we've been watching and then discussing, uh, he was like, you don't talk to me. Don't fucking talk to me. And I was like, what? He's like, I haven't seen it yet. I was like, okay, I want to talk to you. So then I came back the next day, and he had seen it, and I had seen it because I hadn't seen it, but I didn't say anything to him. And I was like, dude. And we both had this, like, oh, my God moment. And then, like, I said one line, and then he was like, what the fuck? It it was epic. The story is so goddamn epic. They found a way to take superheroes. And at first, when I'm watching and, you know, you're hearing Guardians of the Globe, Red Rush, you're just like, these weak-ass, try-hard names. But you're getting that it's like a loose homage to all the things that Kirkman loves without being copywritten to death. Yeah. And then he goes and does this amazing thing where you just like, Boom, shoot out of a cannon. The whole story shifts in a way that you're never expecting. And from that moment on, you are on this path. What I really enjoyed was some of the some of the mystery behind the story arcs where like it really kept you guessing about what certain characters were doing, like what robot was doing. What are you doing? You know, yeah. you know, it's it's you know, and same with Omni Man. What are you doing? Why is this? You know, and and they keep that thread throughout, uh, like until it's time for the big reveal. And I I hope that's going to be something that season two might have might have trouble with that because that that was part of what was intriguing about keeping uh, me glued in. It, like, yeah, the overall story was good, but it was that mystery of what is going on, like what's going to happen once this, you know. Once Mark finds out about Nolan, what is going to happen? Yeah. No one being Omni Man. If you don't know who that is, no one is 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 is, is Omni Man. And I loved his reverse Superman type story. It's like because he literally is this world Superman, but with a twist. It's the typical Kirkman taking uh taking a stereotype and putting it a like or like on its head type deal. Yeah, it was a. a, a epic and excellent overall show i uh there are a couple moments that stand out to me as just like okay first of all let's talk about going into season two things that aren't answered so you have titan who now is kind of like the head of the he's like become kingpin essentially yeah mark is in recovery uh, what do the new guardians that have now united, you know, come together? I mean, did you see the the tease for Invincible season two? And it was just the logo, but the guardians are cleaning the logo, the blood off the logo. No, okay, so I didn't see that one. I saw it, like a sneak peek, season two. Hope you don't drink tap water, and it was just a white, white picture. Jerks. I know. I loved but, it. Uh, um, but uh, so the one question that really remained unanswered that kind of got to me is Damien. What's happening yeah. with Damien Darkblood? 
after he kind of disappeared and served his purpose to get Debbie to realize the truth, um, and after uh, Cecil banished him, yeah, we, we kind of got teases of him existing and all these things, but we never really got him back. I would love to bring him back and uh, and to have more uh, more of his character, but no. Okay, so you know we've talked about the series up to the last two episodes and and how gleefully and instantly violent it gets. Like like it'll be just be going along doing his thing. All of a sudden it's like boom, whoa! <laughs> that typical uh, Kirkman gore type deal t- type effect, and the fact that. Robot is like this glob dude whose body is failing him, and he was trying to clone a new body based off of uh, Rex. Rexplode, yeah, yeah. Rexplode's kind of DNA and body. And so, like, and, and he makes himself a certain age because he's kind of has a thing for uh, for, Monster Girl. for Monster Girl because she keeps getting younger every time that she transforms into the like uh, her Hulk type character. Literally every pedophile's wet dream. Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, it's gross, but it's fucking true, bro. Because that was a very clever get. Because her story is so unique. As she uses her powers, she gets younger. She deages, but she's growing up and getting older. So my question is: Are we going to see in season two like an age reversal technology that's going to age her up? Because that would be an interesting paradigm. She decides, like, listen, I'm sick of looking like a child. Now you have robot that just became a child for her. She jumps up into the full grown-up thing and is like all adult and whatnot. And then here's robot, like, God damn it, <laughs> I was confined to a body and now I am confined to another body. <laughs> I loved that Zachary Quinto played a robot. Yes, I thought he did great and. Uh... But then the twins who Smaller twins who help Robot make his new body and then they have a confrontation try to revive the immortal who is a, who is a member of the Guardians of the Globe who was killed in the very beginning and apparently it works <laughs> apparently the immortal can be revived cuz he is immortal oh. I guess but he also can die again very brutally. Holy shit. Okay, so like um Mark's mom calls out Nolan on his bullshit. And so 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 now we have a situation where Nolan needs to tell Mark the truth about everything. The government's trying to stop Nolan. Can I just say that when Nolan pushing the guy through, like, into the kitchen the counter? I- island? Oh my god! I wasn't ready for that. Okay, <laughs> uh, definitely brutal. Uh, cracking spines, cracking heads, trying to find Mark. They send uh, a Godzilla type character after Nolan. That he's already fought before, that they have tried to tame, make stronger. So then Mark is trying to help his dad. And while they're trying to fight this thing, the twins revive Immortal, who wakes up infuriated. Omnibus! 
I laughed so hard. I was like, he is pissed. And we're like, we can control you. We can't control it. <laughs> like, he gave us bad schematics. <laughs> of course he did. Uh, so anyway, you know that if you were the original, <laughs> I love that, that argument, by the way, that, that like, obviously, uh, there's one of them that should, should know, but since they, they just copied the brain, they both had the same exact mentality of I did it. No, I did it. <laughs> they should have used tattoos. That's uh, how I would have done it right. the first time. Well, anyways, no, I- immortal comes back to try and go to war with Omni-Man and Mark gets to see firsthand what Omni-Man is capable of. And let's just say Immortal doesn't win for a second time. He loses even more handily. Oh, my gosh. Um, Omni-Man cuts him in half. He chopped him in half. And so, okay, what I really liked is that between the the second-to-last episode, the penultimate episode, and the last episode... They almost did it exactly like Falcon and Winter Soldier, where there were episodes where like the action would carry over to the beginning of the episode, it would resolve, and then you would have like the latter half of the episode to kind of decompress and kind of come to grips with everything. That's the way Invincible wrapped up because the last episode starts with you just hanging out and like looking at the ground, and then you see blood raining blood and entrails and body in two big thick bodies parts. Flat. And Mark is like like he he's taken aback he's like like what are, like what are you what are you doing and it comes to fruition that hey viltrumites aren't these altruistic people it's that su- no kryptonites n- they're they're the they're they're the reverse they they're an empire and they conquer it's like if superman superman and the kryptonites were saiyans from Dragon Ball Z, where the Saiyans worked for Frieza, they went to planets, they decimated the planets to sell them. In this case, the Viltrumites send somebody out to weed out the weak and get the get these people ready to join the Empire to increase their overall grasp on the entire galaxy. That's what Omni Man's doing here on this planet, and also he was there to make a son. And uh, Viltrumites also live, what, what, like thousands of years. Yes. So it's like you know he, you know he's not young and he's older. I mean, obviously he's got some salt and pepper going on. That's why when he went to that planet, that that time passed quicker on. He didn't get super old. He just grew a beard. <laughs> um, that like that was a really cool context clue that I didn't pick up on on, on the first time around, but. You know, Mark. All this stuff doesn't, ha- you know, stay with Mark. And you know, basically, Omni Man's like, "This was your calling. This is what you're supposed to do." And but the problem is, Mark was raised on Earth. Mark was raised as a, as, a, as a human. He has a sense of humanity, whereas um, Omni Man can seemingly just be like, "Yeah, nope, I have no humanity because I'm a Viltrumite, and like I've lived hundreds of years already. You know, this has been nothing but a blip in my life to get you ready for this." And think, Mark, think. Dude, they go to war. They go to war. And you have, and it, I love that twist because 
at the end of the first episode when they do the little after credit and you see Omni Man kill the Guardians, and you're just like, what the heck happened? And you're so you're you're running through all these situations. Is he the villain? It was he being controlled? No, Omni Man is the villain. He is the villain of the show, and I thought that was fantastic. Because you just don't see it like that. I know. It mm-hmm. like it was very well thought out, very well done. And let's just say the government trying to help out, sending those planes, and then Mark saving one of them. Hey Kitty. Uh Mark saving one of them, them landing, the guy's like, Thank you, and then Omni Man just kind of lands behind him. And smashes his entire head in, caves the... It's like, see, you saved that guy and he died anyway. Where's the other one? He's searching for this dude to murderize him. Like, I'm just going to kill him. Like, like, he doesn't matter. He's just trying to prove a point. Yeah, he's just trying to prove a point. And then they're in Chicago. Up near your neck of the woods. Yeah. Fucking it up. Knocking down a building... And Mark's trying to save this woman and, and like her little girl. And the building falls. And he's still holding on to the woman's arm, her hand, and is, and is literally just her arm, like and severed from her body. And that's all that's left. Oof. <clears throat> the the subway scene. That that is the most intense, creative gory scene I could ever think of. Yeah. Where here's basically two supermen. Normal things cannot hurt them anymore. Omni-Man holds Invincible. Holding him, and they're standing there, and the subway train is going to hit them. And it does. And it literally, they stand still, or hover still, and this and the subway train separates around them like a hot knife through butter, as well as the people. Mark has Oops. to watch as these people's bodies are flying apart and blood and gore is flying everywhere. Brilliant. Oh my god. That is why I'm glad this was animated. That is why I'm glad they did not make this into a show, because a scene like that is just almost impossible to pull off. Mark looked like this at at the end. Yeah. For those of you who watched. Yeah. He's really wrecked. This is awesome, by the way. You can get these on Skybound right now. Uh, They're cheaper, but if you go on eBay, they're like $100. Ridiculous. So, no. But it ending with Nolan and Mark. They're up on a mountain somewhere. I'm not sure if, if that's Everest again or where it is. But Nolan's just pounding Mark's face in. It's like basically like, like I failed. You know, like it was a mistake to raise you here. It's like it's it's like it's like but hey, what like why not why not try again? What's another 17 years? Yep. And uh but there's a part that I liked is like as he's pounding the his own face's skull in, he gets a flashback from when his from from his boys playing like like playing like little league, 
and him and his wife are there and he doesn't give a shit about this this is trivial to him but then she tries to get him to watch and enjoy it and be a part of it and he kind of does so on one hand no one is this filtramite who is lacking of humanity he's doing this for his own reasons and for the betterment of his own people but then that memory coming back to him as he's like beating his own son's face in I think he's compromised. To well, it's 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 he he realizes there's a touch of humanity that's in him. Yeah, that he can't lose because he did raise Mark and he did watch triumphs and heartbreaks and everything in between. He was there for him and did at some capacity care, but that in fact is not a Viltrumite trait. Yeah. So, like you said, he's compromised, which then leads to. The, the what I thought was actually the most shocking of the things that happened in the end of that he just took off yeah we got Omni Man has just fucking flown the coop ladies and gentlemen we have a fucking crazy Viltrumite just out there roaming in space he's probably heading to Viltrum he's probably gonna go kill all the Viltrumites that'd be my guess you know he's on like some sort of crazy war path now and the only way that he can now be better is if Viltrum doesn't exist you know Maybe so. Maybe so. Um, I'm, I'm anxious to see what happens because the latter half of that was pretty deep. Um, where you know they bring Mark back and they they kind of nurse him back into some health. Um, I'm trying to remember Mark's mom's name, but uh, Debbie. Debbie. Uh, she's coming to grips with basically losing her husband uh, and finding out that he's a monster. And realizing her son is quite vincible. Right. Yeah. In comparison to him. Uh, and, and maybe the Battle Beast. Is that, is that, is that the dude's name? That yeah, earlier? fucking Battle Beast, dude. He's out there, too. What the fuck is he going to do? I know. So it's like, you know, she's coming to ter- terms with all this. Mark's girlfriend throughout it where she realized who he was a long time ago but thought he was an asshole, didn't care. Now she does care because she realizes, hey, that was his dad. He's been yeah, through something and I bad. think that if they if they follow the comics, bro, and I don't know how fast they're trying to tell this Invincible story, you know, we only got like probably like eight or ten issues of the of the actual comic book in this fucking miniseries. There's a whole fucking future with Adam Eve and 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 Mark Grayson uh, as uh, as Invincible that uh, leads very interesting places. There's also a multidimensional villain called Angstrom Levy who is hopefully going to show up very soon. Yep. Um, lots of big questions here, bro. I've actually just recently picked up Invincible and kind of been going back through that series um, after. I mean, we started it a long time ago, but I never finished it. So now I'm going to finish it. <sighs> See, I don't want to now. I thought that the, I thought that their presentation and their delivery on this animated series was so good. And I understand that there are scenes that were changed. There was some context that was changed because now they have um, they have a way to tell the story in a little bit more of a fluid way because you, you can't always just put it from comic book to cartoon or anything like that. But you know, and and as as with always, Kirkman's like, hey, now that I, now that the series is over and I can have done that, I've already written that story, so I can write what I like from it, take what I didn't like from it, try something different. Like, like to throw the, all the people who did read it off and then for the people who haven't read it this is all brand new to them anyway 
Sounds familiar. Uh, yeah, right. But it's like, then it's like, but also since he's already done with it, he can lay even bigger context clues along the way to make it to where, you know, if he didn't realize he was going somewhere when he was writing it, now he does. He knows because he went there. Now he can kind of lay that groundwork a little bit and, and, and tell a more fuller and round out story because. I mean, that, that, that's something that not even The Walking Dead had the luxury of. They were behind for, for a long time, obviously still, but then, but the series hadn't wrapped up by the time they even started the show, you know? So it's like, I don't want to read it because I don't want the same thing to happen to me, which I really loved The Walking Dead the first couple of seasons, dove into the comics, read my ass off, and then got caught up to then current, kept up with it for the most part, and had literally uh, that, like two distinct different versions of it. And I don't want that to happen. I want to wait until they're done with the show, then go back and read the series and, and, and do it that way. So, uh, maybe, and let's just say, right at the end, you know, the whole uh, Cecil wants to bring Invincible in to take his dad's spot, essentially. And, and uh, that, that, that's when they see, like, there's the room where it's nothing but white. It's like, hey, we put something in the tap water to where you, you, we, we, if we put certain light filters up, you can't see it. You'd be surprised how often we use it. That's That was the joke with the whole uh, behind-the-scenes thing or, yeah. or, or like sneak peek for season two. But then it's like he has like, hey, there's something from space coming. And he's like, oh, so you're led to believe, oh, no, no one's back. But it's not no one. It was, uh, it, it, like it was Seth Rogen's cameo character from a, like a few episodes prior where he's like that alien, I can't remember his name, um, but he's the alien that shows up to kind of test the planet. It's like, hey, you guys have this, let's make sure you guys are ready. And then that's when they just, they they sit out there in space and have like a conversation. <laughs> like two guys at work, it's almost like the sheepdog and the coyote uh, from the old uh, Looney Tunes cartoons. <laughs> yeah. But then that's when the, the uh, Seth Rogen's character realizes he's been going to the wrong planet <laughs> for years. <laughs> this is an Urath. It's Urath. Oh no, I'm in trouble now. <laughs> but th- no, at the very end, he comes back. He's like, "Look, um, w- when they found out I've been going to Long Planet, they're they're pretty alarmed because your planet has a Viltrumite on it." Yeah, about that. Sit down. And so, like, Mark kind of fills him in. It's like, "Wow," and he just left. Wow, they don't do that. <laughs> Viltrumites just don't give up. <laughs> yeah. Uh oh. Uh, I I absolutely love uh, Seth Rogen's inclusion in this because it's obviously he's not a main part of it, but he just has a part. And, and um, apparently that line at the end of the episode was um, uh, his line was kind of uh, ad libbed. I guess uh, because Seth, I mean, they had the script, but Seth Rogen, he's he's a funny guy. So like like so what are you gonna do now? And Mark's like, I guess finish high school. Oh, okay, cool. What's that? <laughs> that part was just like was ad lived. So no, like that that's when we got this montage of all this stuff that had gone down in the season that has led to a world, like you said, Titans like a kingpin. Those one Martian symbiote things seem to have the Flaxons. Oh, 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 the um um okay, so the Flaxons are the time traveling aliens. The, the aliens that yeah. they, they get older. And then you had on Mars the, um, oh, fuck, what the fuck are they called? The Sequids. 
oh, the Sequids. And then they're like, they fucking, they took the fucking dude. And that was awesome because the American flag shifts. And you're like, oh, no, he's already been taken. And the whole thing is the the Martians don't want humans to fuck with the Sequids because Sequids ex-human become the most dangerous thing ever. They're like an unstoppable force that just kills across the galaxy, and they're trying to prevent humans from doing that because we're terrible. Yeah. Um, but then it shows like that dude is back with all of them, back on Mars, <laughs> killing everybody. <laughs> yeah, no, like uh, this show was just, man, it was grade A material all the way through. Uh, I, I didn't feel like any episode left me wanting more. Like, I was really satisfied with every single one. I'm Probably the only episode that, that's a bit hard is the very first one because you're getting used to all brand new characters, uh, uh, character archetypes that you're aware of, but they're called something different, so you feel like it's a ripoff, just kind of like you said, but it's there. But then it's the after credit scene where you're like, what the hell? Okay, episode two, let's go. Let's get into this. And that's when the doors opens up and, and, and like they really allow you to dive into the show and, and enjoy it. And I did. Thoroughly, and I, I'm so glad it got renewed for seasons two and three. We're getting two more, at least. And as you said, if they only touched like eight to ten issues, you know, there's like 130. 144 to be exact. So it's like, you know, we, we probably won't get the exact same issue to like story ratio. Probably not. They're probably going to be stuff they leave out. I guess they're going to do five to six seasons. That I'd be okay with that. I would be okay with that because if they're able to condense it enough and get rid of or eliminate some story stuff that maybe is not as key to the overall where they want to tell it in, the, in this avenue, then that would make it worth to me wanting to go back and read because then I'm going to get extra. It's like here's at a source material, I'm going to get way more stuff here and side stuff that I didn't get in the show, and that will like that will leave me with a little bit more uh, desire to want to go read. Definitely. Uh, my thing is for the next couple seasons, who are we going to get as surprise cast member voices that are exciting? And then now that Amazon has seen that they can reach into the comic book world and pull not necessarily A-list names out to become very, very successful, what other non-A-list type comics are going to eventually become prime type uh, animation mm-hmm. and then where are we gonna because I mean the first thing in my head is if Image X Robert Kirkman have already talked and are already working with Amazon Bezos people they gotta be aware of Chew I knew and exactly I where you're championed going championed the fuck out of that for years but honestly this would maybe be the best medium to do that because of like you said the craziness and some of the sh- you can't that would be very hard to CGI or you make believable would be a lot cooler in an animated form. And then that story, I'm telling you, man, it would blow up just like Invincible. I'm telling you. The only one that I that I don't want to see any adaptation of is that one book. I don't remember the name of it. Is that Crossed. Crossed. Yeah. No, yep. Nope. Nope. Let's not. Let's not go there. We don't need to. <laughs> we don't need to see. Us traveled. We don't need to see a family being like gutted and raped. In animated form with the wife bitching out the husband of you stupid son of a bitch. You led us to the slaughter. As their child is being ripped in half the the the, the long way. And you're just like, 
why am I reading this? And then I I don't want to watch it either. <laughs> Never. Nope. That was uncomfortable. Very much so. I will say the question I will have now is, in a few years, will we eventually get an Invincible live-action thing? We'll see. That's because... why they did the comics. I'm sorry to interrupt you. That's why we that's why, that's why we did the cartoon, because they uh, they were trying to pitch it as a live-action. Yep. Uh, and it didn't really go through. Now that there's more stock in the in the series, in possible like franchise, that could be something that could come to fruition down the line. John Hamm is Omni Man. Could be. It'd be cool. Uh, and then uh, Tom Holland for Invincible. No, that's too on the nose, isn't it? Well, he by the time they make a live action, like he'll be too old. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yes. You're right. Too old to begin the training. Yes, it is true. Your powers are going to be coming in any day now, son. Uh, he's just standing. Brando. He's standing outside, jumping, and the male the male guy's like, <laughs> "I need to call a Daenerys Palin." Oh, do you? That's okay. Can you riff for a minute? Yeah, yeah, I can riff. I I can definitely riff. Absolutely. Riffage. Yeah, riffage, the prime riffage, if you will. So yeah, guys, that was invincible. Really, really excited about that show. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. I hope that you guys go out and watch it. It's on Amazon Prime. We have some other stuff that we're going to hit on right when we come in. And, of course, we're going. I'm just going to shift into it, and we're going to tag in Nate when he gets back. They did reveal uh, the updated release schedule for MCU Phase 4, the next Marvel Cinematic release schedule for all the movies and I mean not the shows we we, you know, we know shows are coming we know that they're done we got Loki coming up we got Hawkeye coming up they just wrapped on Miss Marvel or whatever so we got shows coming out as, and we don't know all of them but we do know more of what's kind of coming down the pipeline uh, with the films and uh, of course we just recently uh, a couple months ago, they pushed back Black Widow again one more time. And it, and it will be coming day one premiere access to Disney Plus if that's how you want to watch it. I don't, I've said it before in the show, I'm not comfortable with paying a subscription and then paying a premium fee for something that's just going to become part of the subscription. Anyway, that's just me. If I can, I'll go to the theater and see it. If not, it may not happen. But we'll see. Who knows? But that. That release date did get pushed back to July 9th. So right after 4th of July, we're going to get Black Widow. Finally, after all this time, the movie that was supposed to come out one year ago in May, that got pushed back to October, got pushed back to the spring, into May of this year, and then got pushed back again to July. Which means that the you know like everything else has been now adjusted. I mean, let's be real. The world is still repairing itself from the economically and trying to get everything back on track with everything that we've gone through over the last year. And, uh, that, you know, this is just one part of it. I mean, and we're still dealing with economic things from it. We from technology and semiconductors to to building parts to the cyber attack on a gas pipeline to chicken you know, it's literally so many things that are wrapped up into this. And the MCU release schedule is just a very small part of it for us fans. But then for them as a company, 
and for as uh, for 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 releasing and everything, it it is big, because at some point you do have to try and like get the boat back on the tracks. Wink, wink. You know, boats don't go on tracks, Brando. I know, but uh, no, we got Black Widow coming on July 9th. and then we've got Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Ten Rings are back. You know, like they kind of been around a little bit in the MCU, but the Legend of the Ten Rings that is September third. Uh, very interesting uh, spot that they're putting that into, but we're literally going to be cramming in four MCU titles within the latter part of this year. That's a lot. And also mixed in with that, we also got some other comic book stuff that's releasing around that time. But I mean, still. So Black Widow, July 9th. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, September 3rd. But we only get a little bit of a of like a, like a little bit of a break there because literally. Two months later, November 5th, The Eternals will be releasing. And Nate, I've already started talking about the MCU post-release schedule. Okay. I went right into it. So, uh, yeah, Black Widow, July 9th, Shang-Chi, September 3rd, and The Eternals, November 5th. We are cram-packing the last part of this year with MCU stuff. Uh, Buy I- MC stock. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> Get your AMC stock now while you still can. Oh yeah, because I mean we're gonna be loading up these theaters. I, we, uh, as I said, Black Widow will be um, Disney premiere as well. Is Shang Chi going to be that, or is that going to be theater only for Shang Chi? Have they said? I think it will depend on where we are mm-hmm. in the pandemic. Okay. If things continue to move forward, no reason for it to be on premiere. Other than it's a business model that's going to make them more money. Yeah. That'll depend on how Black Widow does. Right. Right on. Um, I'm excited for, first of all, let's just talk 2021 with the MCU stuff. Black Widow looks awesome. I'm highly anticipating it, although my hype train kind of fell off. Like, if you would have talked to Tyler and I last year at this time, we were really ramping up. I mean, a, a little bit before this time, obviously, because it was before shit really fell off. But yeah. The hopefulness we were going to get that movie was like, man, I'm actually kind of excited. They're going to tell this like interesting pocket story that I'm not sure where it's going and what they're going to give us from. But now it's like you get that. We're going to get this Shane Chi thing that's probably going to give us some more backstory into Tony Stark's history and more into the future of the MCU's history. You're going to get the Eternals, and that's going to be its own amazing adventure that's going to be totally different. And uh, did you hear about this interesting Eternals thing where people are calling out Marvel for a fuck-up? No. Okay, so I'm glad you said no. If you would have said yes, I'd have been like, oh, it's a little more awkward now. But Okay, so the little teaser thing for the Marvel MCU drops, and in that you get the first glimpses of Eternals. Mm-hmm. And there's a scene with Kumal Nanjani in, a, in the group, and then behind him is a camera dude very visible <laughs> and everyone's like what the fuck marvel you can't you couldn't edit the camera dude out but one of the things about kamal Johnny's character from the eternals is while he isn't an eternal he is now a very famous celebrity actor on earth who documents everything so it wasn't an accident that's actually someone who's going to probably be a member of the cast who is in story there to film Kumal Nanjani's character, which is very clever. But um, those three movies are going to be fun. They're kind of the fringe films, 
But in the midst of the French films, Brando, we're not even a month away from fucking Loki, bro. Yep, I did say, you know, you know, we have the television stuff coming out. We have Loki. Uh, we have Hawkeye this year. They've wrapped up Miss Marvel. So, um, you know, a lot more to come from that. We have the What If series coming out. You know, so, you know. She-Hulk. Yep, She-Hulk as well. Moon Knight. Yeah. So, like, you know, we are definitely... Uh, in for like a lot, but then we're gonna wrap the year up with Spider Man No Way Home in December, which very interesting. It, I, ha- I'm a little afraid, I'm a tad bit afraid. I think I'm going to enjoy the movie no matter what. I am afraid that there's gonna be so much expectation and hype over who and what is gonna be in this movie that nothing they do will be able to live up to it. Uh, okay. No, and the reason I say that is not because it won't be good, not because they wouldn't have put the effort in, but because fans' own expectations, you know, you know that that has been a big problem. When you have a series that is, or or, or movies or whatever that is super discussed and theorized and rumors, and so that has been like a big problem. So, I. I I'm super excited for it. I want to see what's going to happen, uh, uh, but I'm also like you know I almost don't want to hear any more about it. Uh, like at this point, I'm tired of hearing about it because I'm I'm I don't want to have to sit there and talk with somebody who's like, man, I thought this was going to happen and this was going to happen and that didn't happen. It's like, well, d- like did you read it on We Got This Covered? Because uh, <laughs> that's probably what, probably why. Yeah, I'm just saying. Uh, but then cosmic book news. <laughs> Cosmic Book News, your number two source for all things cosmic. <laughs> speaking of uh, uh, speaking of cosmics, um, not really. No, Doctor Strange: The Multiverse of Madness will be March twenty fifth, twenty twenty two. So just a few months after Spider Man, we'll be getting Doctor Strange. Uh, then, and just a few months after that, Thor: Love and Thunder, May sixth. That's going to be fun to watch and see how that kind of like. I can't believe we're less than a year from Thor Love and Thunder, bro. I know. I know. Uh, but then in July 8th, on July 8th, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. I wept. I cried when I saw that, dude. It's gonna that be- was so beautiful. Like, that they... It's not Black Panther 2. It's fucking Wakanda Forever. And that's like... That was the line Chadwick said most proudly in a few different amazing moments in the first infinity saga, Wakanda forever. And, and not only black Panther itself, but also there in uh, infinity war. Mm-hmm. Uh, God damn. Yeah, absolutely. So it's going to be interesting that that one is going to be the most interesting to see where they're going to go. Uh, obviously for like, for the most obvious reasons, but uh, November, no, November 11th, 2022. We're going to wrap up the year for the MCU with the Marvels. Not Captain Marvel 2, the Marvels. Featuring logos for not just Captain Marvel, but also Photon and also Miss Marvel in the Marvels logo. Yep. Now, fucking A right. I've heard rumors that the reason why they just didn't go that route is because they were a little disappointed with Brie Larson's overall appeal. I don't know how accurate that is. That. That could that, and that may not Did even you just get that from Tyler. Got this covered. <laughs> no, uh, but I 
uh, I just kind of heard that from uh, somewhere where like they were like, well, you know what? Uh, and and this is from my own personal uh, like opinion that they just kind of like shoehorned her into the Endgame movie uh, and and put her and you know had her whole origin story set up uh, before Endgame came out, and it's a little bit underwhelming. Not that it's bad. It's not bad. It was just a bit underwhelming and incomplete. It it it. it, it out of everything that they nailed with all of that, that was the one thing that I feel like they didn't, you know, I love aspects about that movie. I, 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 like one of my favorite bits is, is at the end of that movie when, uh, Oh shoot. Uh, I'm trying to remember his name now. The, uh, the the name of the actor, uh, the the guy that trained her, the trained, uh, Vares. Oh, oh, oh um, I'm, I'm, I'm Jude Law. Jude Law. That's right. When Jude Law, he has his gun and he just puts it up, and then he's like, "All right, we're gonna, we're, we're like, we're gonna do this." And she just like, bam, you know, bamps him like, like, and like basically kicks his ass very, very, very handily and quickly. I like that part, and then sending pack and I, and said, I, and then she says like, "I'm coming for the supreme intelligence." And then it's like, "All right, so when did you or did you not?" So like that part of it is like kind of out there. Like, are we going to touch on that here? I hope so. You know, so there's a lot there that is still yet to be answered. I kind of honestly wish that we didn't get Captain Marvel until after Endgame. That's my opinion. It has nothing. Question though, what would you have said? Like, I mean, I, I guess how do you justify it then that the whole entire galaxy? Of existence was affected by Thanos' snap, and she just didn't help. That's the only thing that I think people would struggle to to like agree with on that because I understand where you sequentially under meaning you know that she needs to be placed after because she's this whole new thing. She could have been like the Tony Stark freshness of this new uh, saga that we're about to go into, the fresh leader of the team, and have a whole cool different kind of story. But instead, they last second kind of shoehorned her in as a very powerful person. Who went up against Thanos and didn't really do much? Well, they couldn't place her in the, in, the, in the majority of the movie because she was too powerful. So they had to come up with a reason to keep her out of the movie, even though they're trying to get her in the movie. That's kind of was it was kind of weird. I don't know. It, like usually with the MCU movies, they find really creative ways in in like to, to to tie everything in together. And I felt like that was one where like that was like the like what do we do? <laughs> you know, I felt like that that was a sit down discussion with like. Everybody, like, what do we do? <laughs> How are we gonna do this, guys? Yeah. I don't know. But anyway, Miss uh, the Marvels coming out November eleventh, twenty twenty two, and now we're going into twenty twenty three, February seventeenth, twenty twenty three. Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania. Yeah. So we're getting that in February, and then the last uh, confirmed release date, as far as as part of Phase Four. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, May 5th, 2023. Two years from now. Uh, the future is definitely bright. You also got Fantastic Four in that little snippet, right? They showed a little teaser for that afterwards. TBA still. Uh, yeah, uh, so that's going to be after that, but we don't know anything. That is the one thing we don't know. The, the, uh, the writers, the developers, or like... We don't know uh, uh, 
all, all, okay, so we know that John Watts is directing it. We know that Kevin Feige is producing it. That's it. And you know what I think? They know a lot more than they're even letting on. Absolutely, a but but why would you even until you're ready? Yep. Because you know, and and, and, and let's go back to okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. You know, we know who's playing Blade, but that's not even anywhere in this direct uh, immediate vicinity. Yep. Uh, but what I was going to say is um, with the Spider-Man stuff, and you said you don't want to hear any more about it, the fan expectation. Marvel does a really great job because I feel like Marvel is the company. I mean, obviously, they're attached to Disney. Disney has obviously shown they can do a fairly good job of keeping secrets that they need to, and you got to think at the high level of Marvel keeping secrets. Yeah. Uh, them letting things like Charlie Cox may have been spotted on set. That's not accidental. Like they can let that shit slip because guess what it's doing? It's building the hype so that when they're ready to officially release that trailer, and that's what I'm going to kind of piggyback to, when are we going to get this Spider-Man trailer? That is a great question. You are in one month's time. We will be less than a half of a year away from the release of this movie. Have not seen a single second of footage. We've seen a screenshot picture of, of, you know, uh, Tom Holland behind a green screen or in front of the green screen, but that doesn't tell us a fucking thing. We've heard out from Molina said he's been a part of it. Kristen Dunst has alleged she's been a part of it. Tobey Maguire, others all alleged being a part of this. So what do you do? You hold, 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 hold. And then when that trailer drops, they're going to answer as many questions as they can within that trailer to get people to go to the theater to see what the fuck is even happening. Oh, absolutely. It seeing as how it's May and you know Black Widow July is just around the corner, I would I I, I would stack all three trailers with Black Widow. Shane Chi's coming out in two months. I would do an Eternals trailer. Both you know, the Eternals one I think you could afford being a little bit more vague. Yeah, you know, Shang Chi. You want to kind of be more on the nose because it's the most. It, it is the most uh, uh, current one that's going to be coming out. Like it's the closest. Two Sp- months after this, right? Yeah, Spider Man. I think you can get away with a tease at Black Widow, and and then uh, then a few weeks later or a month later, then you kind of drop a bigger trailer. Yeah, because if you go to the Black Widow and see a full trailer of Spider-Man, you're not going to talk about Black Widow. You're going <laughs> to leave the theater talking about Spider-Man. I'm not kidding, bro. That's, I know. You know, man. That's exactly what's going to happen. So, again, they have to be very careful about how they do this. Maybe a week before Black Widow, they release the Spider-Man teaser so that it can be in theaters with Black Widow, with the other two trailers, and possibly Venom, which we're getting ready to talk about here in a second. And then you have this, like, fucking... Marvel, here we come, slinging our dicks. Look at us this year. <laughs> slinging. <laughs> you know? Um, but no, like, uh, uh, so Black Widow, Shang-Chi, and then Venom. You said it, Venom. Venom's going to be smashed in there as as a part of its kind of like, uh, is it Spider-Verse, standalone-verse? We're not sure yet. They haven't even committed yet. Other than that there was a, a screenshot from the trailer that included the Daily Bugle. So very interesting on that. I I saw the trailer and I enjoyed the trailer and I'll tell you why. It 
it's a bit silly, but you know what it reminded me of? Some of the Venom comics where they're just just doing their thing. And like, and like, especially when he's sitting there just making dinner and there's like the symbiote flying all around and doing stuff. And then like, Eat. and like him talking to himself or, you know, I like that. I felt like the first movie, maybe not on par with where the MCU was when this released that see that, that it's such a hard comparison to release a, a, a to release a movie that's not going to be tied in with its original source is already from the get-go, I think you're coming from behind. Tough sell. But then, what do they do? They want to do it. They have this character. It is, this character sells, man. So, like, I think they were damned if they do, and then if, if they don't do it, then, then it's like, well, we're doing nothing with it. You know? So it's like, we need to do something. I felt like it was pretty good, and definite room for improvement, and I hope that we get that here. It's, it definitely seems like it could be. Um, I liked what I saw. So I'm definitely uh, excited for the movie to come out. So that way, hopefully we can see it grow. And who knows, maybe it'll start tiptoeing into a Spider-Verse crossover. Or maybe, you know, uh, they're able to kind of create their own little Spider-Verse that is separate from the MCU. But... Maybe dips their toe in just enough for you to be like, "Oh, I get it." Because I mean, obviously, we already saw that Morbius is going to have uh, Michael Keaton as um, as like as like as Vulture, like as Tombs. So it's like, it, hey, what is this? Like, how how are we crossing the streams here? And, and like, because I personally think if Venom is set in the MCU, but we don't hear or really talk about anything else in the MCU, that's fine. It can be a separate pocket of something going on over in San Francisco that doesn't have to be talking about the snap or doing anything like that. It's life is normal. We're back. We're doing this. This is happening. And this is the viewpoint of a struggling journalist doing his thing who happens to have a symbiote attached to him. Okay, question. <clears throat> Could it be possible that through this No Way Home movie, Spidey No Way Home, we get a reveal of how Venom can be in this world now, and maybe that it wasn't the case, but through some sort of sorcery, their Earth has bumped into our Earth, and mm -hmm. now we've got him here. But the crazy thing to think about is, have you seen any of the pops for the Venom Let There Be Carnage yet? Because they aren't out, but the pictures are out for Let There Be Carnage pops. Um, No, I, I actually haven't seen them. So here's an interesting thing. Venom clearly has white lines starting to form in the pop as maybe a spider is going to eventually show up on his chest. But my thing is for that spider to show up on his chest, the symbiote has to leave him. Yeah. So when is that going to happen in the movie? Because that would be an interesting paradigm. Tom Holland's Parker shows up just long enough to take the symbiote and kind of become an asshole for a short amount of time only for Eddie to take it back to be what defeats Carnage with Spider-Man? I don't know. See, because because now we're running into like theorizing and everything and going under the assumption that Holland could show up. I don't even I'm not even sold on the fact that he is going to show up based off of timeline and everything anything like that. In what fact, about Tom Hardy showing up in Spider-Man? That see that would be more would be more plausible because if we're going to cross streams, that would be the place to do it. Um but I don't but see that movie has a lot going on in it. Like 
is there such thing as too much? Can something be overbooked? And they, the, the obvious answer to that is yes, it can. I mean, if, if you have too many chefs, like, <laughs> like who's calling the shots here and who's making the dishes? So it's like, you know, I don't know. I would love to see and like an interconnection here, but ultimately, if we get another pocketed story that is good, I'm I, like I'm cool with it because I I enjoyed the first one enough, and I love I, I like I love Woody Harrelson's work, and I can't wait to see what he brings to Cletus Cassidy. So, absolutely, uh, Brando. I think that does it. I think mm-hmm. we can put the stamp on this episode because we've kind of hit on everything we want to talk about. Had a a great chat about Invincible, obviously. Talked about the comings of the MCU as it shifts continuously and evolves. We will be covering uh, Loki, most likely, when it drops. The little mini-series that Marvel have been doing are really nice and easy to cover because of exactly that. There are mini-series. It's not yep. like you're doing 100 episodes or yep. you know a, a couple, three or four or six movies worth of time. It's like six hours at most, and well, they spread them out nicely. So. Absolutely, and, and it's what I've said for like many years. It's like I, I don't have the attention span anymore for a, for a 24-episode long season. Like that's just a lot for me. You know, I I just can't. I don't want to do it. it. It's not even the fact of, oh, I'll do it if it's good enough. Man, I got to really want to do it. Because <laughs> yeah. it's a lot to like, you know, for the people who could keep keep up with it every week, that's cool. But then I feel overwhelmed. I'm like, man, I'm seven episodes behind. I'm, I'm, I'm seven seasons behind. Like, oh, dude, you'll get through it so fast. No, I won't. <laughs> All right. I'm already looking at the mountain I have to climb that I don't want to climb. I'm not to sure get if to I want to. the top of this mountain. It's like, dude, you need to watch it. Nah, no, I don't. <laughs> it's so good. That's awesome that it's good. I'm glad it's good. <laughs> I don't have to watch it. <laughs> I can know it's good because you've told me. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, man. Uh, happy to be back here this week. Again, um, we're not sure if this is going to be, you know, if scheduling is going to be everything. We're going to try and get together every week if we can. Uh, if we're not here a week or two, don't don't fret. We're going to get back to you, and we're not going to be, you know, disappearing or anything like that. Uh, but, you know, as we work, as Nate works at his work and as my work could, could evolve, you know, th- this show will do what it does. It will evolve. It will take a new form or take a new shape, and you're going to be here right along with us to experience it. Hell yeah, man. And as always, folks, you know where you can check us out. Make sure to get us on journeyintocomics.com. Go to all the different podcasting platforms, Amazon Music, Apple Music, Podbean, Stitch Radio, Google Play, Spotify, CastBox, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, many others. Just please search Journey Into Comics Network. Subscribe to our feed. You will get content. Check out Dick's feed. He's got shit happening. I just did an episode with him, a podcast for you that was a blast. We talked a lot about live philosophies and shit and stuff like that. It was good. Um, check out Brandon's stuff when Game Addicts drops episodes and when things are going down. I know you've been doing playthrough recently. Is that true? No. Um, are you planning to play through? I feel like we talked about something. No, no, I'm not planning to play through anytime soon. Uh, but this week on Wednesday, my deep dive of Resident Evil 3 will be finally releasing. I recorded it like a week or two ago and have not gotten to releasing it yet. There, there's been a lot going on in my life that I've been away from the computer. So uh, so I haven't had a chance to post it, and I'm finally posting it. It's coming out. There's going to be some more episodes coming out. I'm doing a new episode. Uh, this month, at some point, probably near the end of the month, and so that means it might air next month, or I'm not with Jeremy over at the World World Gaming Trade Show with him, where we're going to be 
talking about a whole episode on one game, how we would remake, re-envision, and who we, who we would want to want to make it. Chrono Trigger, one of my favorite games. So, ooh, that'll be a great conversation. I can't wait to check out. Um, but I think that's going to do it, Brando. I don't think we have a whole lot left to run into, dive into, discuss, or dodge. So I think that's going to do it for this week's episode of Journey into Comics. This has been JIC 343. Uh, Tinder for Aliens, maybe? I don't know. We'll figure out whatever it's going to be called. I'm Nate. I'm Brando. And as always, we will pop your caps back and ask you to fill your brains with shit. Later, guys. <laughs>